below are precious and beautiful goslings. Here we are in the depths of hot summer heat. Maybe there's some clouds of smoke rolling in from Canada, depending on where you are. Um, mm. But we are here for your July episode of The Smug Buds. And as usual, I'm here with my beloved co-host, Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Liz. You haven't had any smoke. You, you guys don't get smoke in Arizona, right? Not from Canada, but I mean, like, you might get it from, like, California or something. Yeah, I would expect it to come from California if it came from anywhere. And I have not observed that this season. We, in, I guess it was 2021, so the pandemic was still happening, went um, camping in Shenandoah. Mm -hmm. And it was when the first time that, like, smoke from Canada made it over here. And it was nuts. And then this summer, and then we didn't have it in 2022 at all. Mm -hmm. And then this summer, we had it a handful of times where, like, the one day Elliot actually got pretty sick. Um, oh. she had been playing outside. There's like different like levels or whatever. And it had, it had been like, like green's fine. And mm -hmm. then yellow, or it's like green's fine. Oh, is it green, yellow, orange, red, purple. And mm -hmm. yellow is like, you're probably fine. And then orange is like, uh, you might be fine. But like, if you're, if you're, uh, like sensitive you're gonna get sick mm -hmm. and then red is like oh you should not be outside and purple is like yeah. oh god <laughs> yeah and we were red but mm. elliot had been playing outside when it was orange and we didn't realize that it was orange yet because it's funny because mm. it, when it looks hazy it just looks like a hazy summer day right to a point at some point I, i'm sure you saw the videos of new york city where it looked like mm -hmm. the blood moon rises once again <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah elliot got uh, there, that she woke up the next day and she was like, my my cough feels different. And then it took us until, and she didn't have a runny nose, and it took us until noon to be like, oh, she was running around at full speed last night for an hour and she like low-key has asthma. So we gave her an inhaler and then she was fine. But it was like, oh God. And then this, so this happened earlier in the year and then it happened like last week. Yeah. Um, but luckily clear skies today, but it is... It is like a terrifying thing. And I know that people out West have been dealing with this for years or whatever. It's just like, um, mm -hmm. it's especially weird coming from, it just seems like it's so far away, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think when it hit Shenandoah, it was maybe actually from California. Yeah. I think I've heard of that. Which is absurd. Happening. What a distance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yet, yeah, these things are possible. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Thanks. Uh, the uh, monsoon season has started here. It started a little bit late, uh, mm. but when it came, it came rip-roaring with a vengeance. And by that, I mean it came uh, as I had to leave work without an umbrella and <laughs> I have a stupidly long walk to my car because of the stupid parking situation that I find myself in uh, at my work. Uh -huh. And... Uh, so uh, I got soaked to the point of, uh, without giving you TMI, it was a it was a full top to bottom <laughs> change of clothes uh, when I uh, finally reached home, which wow. felt like a miracle because then not only did I have to walk to my car, but then I had to drive home. Yeah, just <laughs> and, sop sopping. Well, yeah, and not only that, but like I could have been completely dry, and to drive. Oh, home, in that right, in of course. the conditions. Plus, you know, it was 
it was quote unquote rush hour, which I put quotes around it because it's not only Tucson, but it's also Tucson in the summer. Yeah. And in the summertime, the population is like half. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, but but also uh, the, 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 the funny thing I find about the monsoons is that they come every year. And so you would think that the infrastructure would be prepared and the people occupying it would be prepared <laughs> but as regular as it is it's also infrequent uh, it's yeah. just it's just this one isolated time of year where it doesn't happen very often um but when it comes it uh it, it's uh intense when it rains it pours as they say when it rains it pours and uh and all of a sudden it's like you take your life into your hands, uh, <laughs> getting getting behind the wheel, not only because of the rain, but because there's other people on the roads, yeah. and uh, and the roads themselves are are bad. And so, you know, one second you're driving along, and the next second, oh, the there was there's a car in the lane next to you, and they drove through a bunch of water, and now all that water is on your windshield, <laughs> and for a full five seconds, you have zero visibility. <laughs> And maybe you were going 25 miles per hour <laughs> or something. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Do you know who's hope I don't really, hit something. You know who's really good at driving in the rain? Hmm? Me. Oh. I've had to drive in huge down. When I was coming back from Phoebe sure. Bridgers in Philadelphia with Aram, yeah. we got hit by a rainstorm. And it was like zero visibility. I'm on the highway, zero visibility. Like whiteout, like whiteout conditions, yeah. but it's like not snowing, yep. right? Um, and I just sat forward, <laughs> like mm-hmm. wiggled my shoulders forward, put my hand yep. on the wheel, picked a spot, and I fucking did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And Aaron was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'll be very relieved when I don't have to do this anymore." But yes, I am okay with this. And it's not the first time. Anytime Kenny has to drive in the rain, he can do it. Not in the rain, but in like really bad rain. He can do yeah. it, but he gets really stressed out. It's like everything clears from my brain. I became I yeah. become only a driver. I am lucid. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I think uh, you've got some old business. I do. Old business. So quite a while ago, we talked about Pokemon Go and mm-hmm. Pokemon in general. Yep. And um, I know you haven't played Pokemon Go in a long time. Yes, it was sort sort of of stopped right after the podcast. (laughs) Sort of overtaken by my renewed interest in Magic the Gathering and playing Arena uh, daily or near daily. But I wanted to tell you about some updates um, Mm -hmm. that they did, in part because one of them, I think, I'm honestly devastated you won't experience this on your own, but it's like not worth it for you. I'm just going to tell you about it. Please. Because I know that if you had experienced on your own it on your own, you would have laughed like out loud, like full throated, mm-hmm. so happy. I'm I'm happy to experience it vicariously. So they have recently, you know how they've always had the sizes of the Pokemon that you catch. Sure. And so it'll say like how many meters and how much it weighs. And yep. if you get the Pokemon assessed by whoever your Pokey professor is that leads your little group, um. They'll say, like, it's exceptionally large or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, now, recently, they introduced a thing where when you encounter Pokemon, but but for a very long time, the size of the Pokemon had no bearing on anything. Right. It was just a stat you could read. Yeah. 
Now, every so often when you encounter a Pokemon in the wild, it will tell you if it's particularly large or particularly small. Mm -hmm. And the way that it does this, if it's particularly large, is there's like a little starburst sort of like effect. Mm -hmm. And it just on the screen says, it's huge. Nice. (laughs) And if it's very small, it says, it's tiny. I love that. But the first time I caught a Pokemon and it just said, it's huge. Oh, I laughed so much. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought this was very cute and I thought I was very enamored by it, but I was like, there's nothing here. And so they now have actually added into the game a reason to save your exceptionally small or exceptionally large Pokemon, Mm -hmm. which is there will be at Pokestops occasionally, you'll see a Pokestop with like a little, um, like, I guess like... Like, sort of like a racing medallion. Like, if you're imagining, like, Mario Kart or something, mm-hmm. that sort of, like, leaf yeah. shape with, like, a Pokeball in the middle. Sure. And if you go to that Pokestop and click on that, um, like, in the Pokestop window, it's a showcase where you can mm. basically submit Pokemon, and you're trying to get ones that are both the biggest size and also the most stars. Okay. And then they'll sit there for, like... You know, however long, it's usually like 24 hours or 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to stay there or anything. And then when it's done, you'll get a little notification about where you ranked in the showcase. And you'll okay. get some little prizes. Nice. Um, which I think is a fun thing. I think it's fun. And I think it uses the size in a way that's interesting and stuff yeah. like that. Uh-huh. The other thing they just added, which I haven't even done yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. is they've added something called Roots. Yeah. And the reason I haven't done it yet, have you heard about this? Yeah, I, I haven't heard any more than what you've just said. Because uh, <laughs> all I've seen is a is a headline, probably on Polygon. Yeah. And it was like, Pokemon Go adds beloved feature from other Pokemon games, Roots. But I don't know what it means or how they work. So, um... The way that it works, apparently, is... So they it's through a quest where you get Zygarde, which is this, like, dragon dog Pokemon. Sure. And I guess the idea is that, like, Zygarde's shape is different depending on how many cells he has. Okay, yeah. <laughs> which is a funny thing to add, considering that Pokemon randomly change size and hypothetically the amount of cells they have normally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... But the idea is that you can go to the Pokemon nearby you feature and click on another tab that says routes. Mm. And then from there, you can, there will be user submitted routes. And when you start a route, you walk along that specific path. Mm-hmm. And then you might also find additional things on that path. Uh, the reason I haven't done it myself yet is because there's only a certain number of users that can actually create the routes mm-hmm. and they also need to be approved. Yeah. Um, and so like yesterday I was in Kentlands, which is a shopping center with, you know, a variety of Pokestops and there mm-hmm. were no routes anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can't create my own yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't been able to like progress the quest at all. Cause I have not, I'm not playing that seriously. I I'm see. not, <laughs> Driving the fuck around looking for routes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, I was like very, I'm very interested to see. Like at one point the professor was like, oh, this must have been from some of that green goo you saw. And I was like, I didn't see any fucking green goo, dude. What are you talking about? And he was talking about the routes thing, which I just hadn't actually used yet. Huh. 
thanks Professor Hotso or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah, Professor, yeah, impossibly hot tree. Whatever the hottest <laughs> tree is by consensus. Yeah. Willow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my update on Pokemon Go. Thank Just you. The, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that and knowing that I would appreciate it. Yes. Um, do you have any old business? I don't think so. Um, it crossed my mind that I could just acknowledge that uh, the Venture Brothers movie is out there. Uh, however, I have nothing to say about it because I haven't watched it. Ah, uh, is it in a not accessible format? Uh, I wouldn't say inaccessible, uh, but it's also uh, not uh, accessed uh, for uh, anything less than zero dollars ah, yes, it, 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 it is available for purchase is mm-hmm. is my understanding i will get around to seeing it eventually i am excited for it but not so excited for it that i'm going to spend money on it purchase it immediately i might spend money on it eventually yeah um i just uh I just have some other priorities right now, and I just figure, well, it's it's going to be there whenever yeah. I'm ready for it. I don't think that I'm going to get any spoilers about it, because yeah, who would spoil it for me? This isn't old business, but I think it is worth mentioning that Kenny did do the Barbenheimer double feature yesterday. And I was going to say the same thing, yeah. It's not old business unless you view it through the prism of uh, Oscar's Movies with Oscars mm-hmm. potential, that's always an old business conversation and also a future business uh, conversation uh, for as long as we both shall live. And yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is when we're recording this, it's Sunday morning, Janu- uh, January. No, I wish. Uh, July. I don't. <laughs> uh, July 23rd, uh, 2023. And that could only mean one thing. It's it's Barbenheimer weekend. Yes. And uh, we are going to see uh, Barbie uh, later today. And we saw Oppenheimer yesterday. Did you Did you like it? Did you like Oppenheimer? Yes. Uh, Oppenheimer is an excellent movie. Uh, we uh, saw it in 70 millimeter. Oh. Um, here's, the, uh, here's the calculation that I did. Uh, in the week Love leading up. Love does math. Uh, yes this is the most math you will hear me do the the following um in the week leading up to oppenheimer i saw a trailer for oppenheimer that said see it on the biggest screen possible (laughs) and i was like okay sure uh which uh so the calculation is is it worth going to see it in imax Mm -hmm. based on where the closest imax theater is Uh uh-huh calculation uh ended in in no um where's your closest imax it's like a 30 minute drive um and which uh, for you is a distance we've gone to it before it's a distance when we have options that are like five minutes away yeah which are not imax but they are the same nice and good and yeah and 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 we've we've made that drive to see something in imax before and I don't remember being particularly impressed. I think I think there's some variety in, in. I don't think that IMAX is a standardized. Every IMAX theater is equally big and mm-hmm. impressive. 
Um, so I don't think we have a particularly good one uh, close and the closest, yeah, which is 30 minutes away. So the, the, the other part of the calculation is, well, um, we could make that drive to see it in IMAX or we could see it regular style or mm -hmm. there is a theater which is showing it in 70 millimeter, which is only five minutes away, which is the local art house cinema. Mm-hmm. Which has historically been my favorite place, but recently we haven't been going to very much at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so we opted to, okay, um, it will be special to see it in 70 millimeter, even if that technically isn't the biggest screen we could possibly see it on. Yeah. And um, now for the, uh, for the non-cinephiles in our listening audience, I will explain what it means to see uh, this film in 70 millimeter. Mm -hmm. um, it means uh, seeing it uh, where, um, you know how vinyl is supposed to be special? Yeah. Because it has that warm sound, mm -hmm. which just means that there are like pops and crackles that aren't actually supposed to be a part of the music that you're listening to. Uh -huh. But uh, it's for some reason, that's more enjoyable. Uh-huh. Well, when you see a movie in 70 millimeter, you get to hear a really loud projector in addition <laughs> to hearing the sounds of the actual film. Uh -huh. and, and also, you get to see um, very clear indications of when it changes over from one reel to the next, because mm. not only are there cigarette burns in the corner, but also the film strip that you're watching was poorly spliced together uh -huh. so that you will just see a split section of a shot that wasn't supposed to be there when there's a real <laughs> changeover. And it's enough to make you think that maybe there was a reel missing or you went from the wrong <laughs> reel to the, to the next one in the transition. And also what it means is that the movie, which is three hours long, has an unscheduled intermission in the middle of it when really? the film just breaks down, <gasps> when it just stops. Oh, and no. everyone sits there and goes, ah, and the lights come up. And, <laughs> and, then, and then zero announcement is made by anyone working at the theater <laughs> while someone just quietly works to fix it. And eventually it is fixed. <laughs> oh my god, Will, that's so funny. But in a way where the like you just feel a palpable tension in the room. Like, which is, is it going to get fixed? It, and not only that, but once it is fixed, you continue to feel the tension. Uh -huh. Like every time the film fades to black, everyone <laughs> simultaneously wonders, is this supposed to be happening? <laughs> or is it breaking again? <laughs> what a very funny movie to have a lot of like in-room tension during. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like the film could have done that enough on its own, but then the there's this other meta layer that's also <laughs> happening. It really makes you feel warm. Yeah, it's such a warm feeling. And um, it's such a return to how cinema is supposed to be. <sighs> um, Kenny saw it and I asked him about it. Obviously, I was like, you know. And he saw a 9 o'clock showing. 9 a.m. or 9 p.m.? 9 a.m. Because he did Very a double feature. So he did 9 a.m. and then a 12.45 which is Sarah said, quick turnaround time for Kenny. I respect it. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I asked him how Cillian Murphy was because I fucking love that guy. And Kenny was like, oh, no one else could have, like only that weird looking dude could have played that other guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
he was like his face alone he was like he like pulled a couple pulled up a couple pictures for me and i was like oh yeah yeah made made for this guy i need to look up the cast of oppenheimer now to um make a point about there like look there's one of the great things about this movie is there's a ton of people in it and there's one okay i've just found him because i can't remember his name and also now that i'm looking at his name i am going to mispronounce his name uh-huh. but there's this guy his name is david dost malkian and to put him in the context of the podcast uh-huh. uh you remember when you wrote a quiz for me uh-huh. and one of your questions was name a couple of actors who are both in dune and in the mcu yeah and then I was able to name too many more <laughs> than you and Kenny had come up with. Yeah. And one of them is this guy because he's in Dune because he's one of the Harkonnens. Okay, But yeah. also he's one of Ant-Man's friends in the first two Ant-Man movies. <laughs> this guy has a part in Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And when I see this guy in this part in Oppenheimer, what I'm thinking is... Ah, this is who you get to play this part when you can't cast Killian Murphy in this part because Killian <laughs> because Murphy is your is busy being your lead. But if this, but if if Oppenheimer had been made like ten or fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like Killian Murphy being like Scarecrow, yeah, in uh, all of Nolan's Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Like he's the weedy hateable guy right yeah. he who has just that like creepy look to him well this david dast malchian guy or however you say it he's like he he's great but he's kind of like you're you're like killian murphy for a bargain kind yeah. of a... <laughs> off-brand off-brand Cillian murphy so when you do see it assuming you see it I'm go- yeah, I'm going to try to, because Kenny did say he was like, it was absolutely worth seeing in theaters, exactly as you said, like, see it on the biggest screen possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the trailer said, yeah. I have a couple of tweets to read to you about this. Yeah. <laughs> this one says, there's a bit in Oppenheimer where someone is like, oh, this young senator, what's his name? Oh, yes, John F. Kennedy. And the line is delivered like a Marvel Easter egg. It is. Can I <laughs> add to that? Please. I'm going to put something in your head that now you can also take into your viewing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when they wrote it that way, for I, I don't think that I'm going to get into all the reasons why the context steered me to this interpretation. Mm-hmm. But for reasons I won't get into, I think that there is a non-zero chance when they wrote it that way. They wanted to make you think that uh, this might be be the reason why a character in the movie in the scene where that happens mm-hmm. might um actually be responsible for the assassination of JFK. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that when they wrote that there's a non-zero chance that they were trying to tip you off that there was going to be a sequel. <laughs> nope. Nope. I think I I I think it is presented in a way where it is planting the seed in your mind. What if this spurred that guy I'm seeing on scene on screen mm-hmm. uh, in real life to um, do it, 
to, <laughs> to 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 concoct the the conspiracy that ended in JFK's assassination. That's incredible. I also wanted to read you this tweet. I'll show you the picture, but we'll put this in the show notes since this is an audio medium. Uh-huh. Um, my sister just saw Oppenheimer and something went wrong and half the screen was pink for the last 20 minutes of the movie. So she got the true Barbenheimer experience. Mm. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's apparently that is what is happening um, everywhere. Um, is that we, the, the movie screwing up? Yeah. So so we saw it uh, in a theater which was not fully at capacity, but which was packed with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ran into uh, a co-worker of Dana's, mm-hmm. who then we were able to sit right near in the theater mm-hmm. and have a little chat with them before the movie, and then also chat with during the unscheduled intermission. <laughs> and uh, he reported to us that... Uh, this that that theaters all around the country that are showing the movie on film mm-hmm. are are having breakdowns um and glitches and and errors um pretty uh frequently often frequently That's so yeah. funny mm-hmm. I have one more tweet and then we'll get into the the episode which is related to this so it works out which is part of the reason why I've encouraged this conversation. <laughs> sure. Uh, which is that this person tweeted, person sitting in front of me during Oppenheimer pulled up his Wikipedia page 15 minutes into the movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going into Oppenheimer cold? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I would love to know what was going on in that person's head. <laughs> Oh, I will tell you too, there's one more tweet, which I had seen somebody say, I had seen somebody tweet, whatever you do, don't see Oppenheimer before Barbie. And Jenny Nicholson, a YouTube uh, person that I really like, had retweeted this and said, what, are there Barbie spoilers in Oppenheimer or something? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, but I I think one of the funniest people on the internet uh his name, whether it's his real name or not, doesn't seem like it, but it'd be cool if it is. Brooks Otterlake. <laughs> uh, he's on Twitter and he's on Letterboxd. And uh, this is uh, his tweet that I'm about to read to you. In, in a sea of tweets about Barbie and Oppenheimer and Barmenheimer, this mm-hmm. to me is the is my favorite, the definitive one. Okay. He wrote... It shouldn't be treated as some kind of rare special event to dress up in different outfits with your friends and spend seven hours at the movies. That should be an average weekday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love the movies. That's funny. And that is how I feel. I also, as a side note, tried to get Elliot to go to the movies with me yesterday when Kenny was spending his fucking work day seeing movies. Yeah. And she was like, no, I think I would like to be a couch potato. Mm. Thanks. Cool. I don't, I do that every day. <laughs> her her words or her, her, her words. sentiment? Oh, okay. Her actual words. Okay. She said, I think I would like to be a couch potato. My favorite place is to sit on the couch. And I was like. I know that feeling. And honestly, at her age, I probably would have had the same answer. And I also like 
sitting on the couch. Um, mm-hmm. But I do sit there all day for work. And mm-hmm. uh, also, I uh, wanted, I was giving her, and so what she did finally land on was, she's like, maybe we could go to that arcade. Mm. So we went back to the, to Spinners, the arcade in Frederick that has, um, it's, have I told you about this place? I don't think so. Oh, if you ever visit me, we'll go to Spinners. Cool. Um, It's in Frederick, so it's a little bit of a drive, but it's $15 for all you can play. So everything's like set to free play. Okay, cool. Um, And it's got a million pinball machines. Um, Mm -hmm. It's got really old ones. I remember Um, you talking to me about pinball machines recently, so. Yes. uh, I guess you told me about the place and I, yeah. So they have um, really old pinball machines, but they also have like new ones that, like they had a Mandalorian one that was new, Mm -hmm. like since I had been there last month. Sure. And a Jurassic Park one. Um, but then they also just have, like, a bunch of other, they have skee-ball, but then they also have, like, a bunch of other, like, arcade machines. Like, I played Leapfrog. Hmm. And, um, they also have, like, they have, like, Galaga and Pac-Man, mm-hmm. um, and then other, like, random ones. They have Dig Dug. Cool. Um, and then some truly old pinball machines. Like, pinball machines that have, like, physical numbers that are yeah, fl- right. flick, like, clicking to change. Right. Um. It's but it's great because it's fifteen dollars and I think it's a nonprofit. Oh. So I think the money goes to I forget what it goes to, but it goes to something. That's really cool if that's true, yeah. Um, it's a great I I forget how Kenny learned about it, but like I was like, this place is amazing. And it's I'm sure that it's like people have birthday parties and stuff there too, but um it's never like when we've gone, because we usually go pretty early in the morning, it's never like packed or anything. Right, yeah. Um, but it does have, like, people there doing things. And then they also have, like, other... They have, like... They don't have DDR, but they have one dance yeah, machine. sure. And then they have... um, They also have a couple of the plug-and-play NES, SNESs. The classic. Classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also have, like, a Wii set up. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and there's like couches and it's, it's like a really cool, it's really cool. You would love it. Yeah. To be yeah, there. yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Get on a plane. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, that was great. Okay. So what are we talking about today? You don't know. No, you haven't told me, but it's your turn. Yes. It's my turn. So I was thinking about this, um, in part because of some of the activities I've been doing recently and some of the stuff we talked about last episode too. Mm -hmm. um in our old business section which is that um the pandemic is not over in the sense that it will never be over over but it is a lot better uh at least in my county in my Mm -hmm. county right now we've been having we have a million people or thereabouts and we've been having less than 20 new cases a day for a million people yeah Mm -hmm. um and even if not everybody is reporting um mm-hmm. that's it's still very 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 low um uh-huh. the vaccines are here and they're working and people are just not getting sick even even over christmas people did not get sick mm-hmm. nearly as much as they did last year yes. and so we are now entering into a world where we can go back to some of the experiences that we maybe had avoided or had been completely shut down mm-hmm. in the early pandemic or you know, in the last like two years, let's say. Right. And I realized that 
my sense of an ideal experience has changed. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah. now some of, some of this, you know, carries over. It's not totally different. Mm-hmm. But both because I am older. Yes. Because I am larger. Right. Because I am more injured. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going into specific situations mm-hmm. um, the same way that I would have even four years ago. Right. And so I wanted to, this is sort of a low key episode. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) But I wanted to sort of talk through both what makes an ideal experience for me. And I have four different sort of contexts for this. Okay. Um, And I have also sort of split up the things I want to talk about into two categories, which are things that I can control Mm -hmm. and things that the venue can control that I will sort of be looking for. Yeah. And I thought that you would also have opinions about this as we talk about it. <laughs> makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I think it makes sense to talk about going to see the movies first, because this is one of my... So the four things I want to talk about are going to see a movie, mm-hmm. going to a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and going to a um, comedy show, Okay. which I see as different and distinct from going to a concert even though yeah. they're related obviously absolutely yeah mm-hmm. um and i also have been to all of these things sort of recently and had really good or really weird experiences sure <laughs> um so yeah let's talk about movies first yeah um totally up to you you obviously have this order in mind and yes. I and it's your call, and I and I am happy to uh, go at your direction because that is my role here. Mm-hmm. If I could, I, if I could make a suggestion, please. I will definitely have the most to say about going to the movies, uh-huh. and that is a reason to maybe save it for last. Okay, so I was we going, know see, how I much have, time is left. I have a lot to say about concerts, so I was going to save that mm. for last. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So how about this, actually? Let's do restaurants first. Okay. Then let's do movies. Great. Then let's do comedy shows, and then uh-huh. let's do concerts. I love it. So for restaurants, I was thinking about this, and I realized, and this also makes sense because I feel, well, with the exception of comedy shows, I feel like restaurants have one of the least amount of things that I can control ahead of time in terms of what a, what's an ideal experience. Mm-hmm. So like when I go to a restaurant, what is like the general vibe of what I want? I want to get to a place. I want to be able to feel comfortable where I'm sitting. I want attentive wait staff and I would like um, timeliness, I guess. And timeliness, maybe not in the sense that like... Um, Everything has to be super fast, but just that, like, I have a sense of what's happening and when it's going to happen. (laughs) Yes. And so one of the things that I know, I always do look at menus before you go to restaurants. Sometimes. Not, not, not as, not as a rule, not as a rule, but I've done it. I was listening to the radio. This is another reason I was thinking about this recently. I was listening to the radio and there's this segment that sometimes is on when I'm driving Elliot to school or driving Elliot driving home from driving LA to school. And it was talking about how like 
It's basically the segment where, like, somebody who maybe went on one or two dates with somebody and then the person ghosts them, they call the person that ghosted them to see, like, what happened. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, on the radio or whatever. And I live for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is on NPR, I assume. This is, yeah. <laughs> it's on NPR. This I is think a it's on... Fresh Air with Terry Gross segment. Or... I forget if this is on Elliot in the Morning, which is oh, on ew. the rock station. I know. Or if it's on 99.5, which is the pop station. Okay. Um, but it's it's so interesting to me to see how relationships for other people work, mm -hmm. especially because my relationship is so great uh -huh. <laughs> that I just think other people are insane. Yes. <laughs> but so what had happened was this woman had like gone on two dates with this guy and she thought it had gone really well and then just never heard from him again. And so for the sec, so they called him and his thing was like, he was like, we got to the restaurant and you looked up the menu ahead of time. Who looks at the menu ahead of time? Huh. And that's why he hadn't gone on another date with her. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is a very strange <laughs> thing to be a red flag. And his point was that it seemed like she cared more about the restaurant than he did about, than she did about him. And she was just like, I looked it up ahead of time because we were going to a fancy restaurant. So I wanted to make sure I could, I yeah. already had my choices made so I could focus on talking to you. Right. Yeah. It seems like maybe he has some kind of a complex about, <laughs> um, I don't know, paranoia about being taken advantage of. Yeah. Like, oh, if she did this research into the restaurant, then that's some kind of a sign that she was just using him to get a nice meal. Yeah. It was very funny. And everybody who called in that I heard, I didn't listen to the whole segment because I then went inside to work. Uh -huh. But everybody I heard that called in was just like, everybody looks at the menus ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You're the exception here. Yeah, psycho. <laughs> Especially yeah. if it's something that you're spending a lot of money on or if you have any food allergies or like any food preferences. Like mm -hmm. You want to make sure... I like looking at menus ahead of time specifically because I um want I want to make sure that I have time to actually look at it. Mm -hmm. And I also want to make sure that if there's a special that day, yeah. I want to know if this I want to know if the special is more appealing to me than the thing I have already decided upon or mostly yes. decided upon. Gotcha, yeah. So like I actually ran into this where I was disappointed the other day at a restaurant. Mm. We went to the Silver Diner for brunch the other day. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with the Silver Diner? Not from memory. It's a chain. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me. Like, not from my memories. Am well, I familiar yeah. with the I'm Silver always looking, Diner? I'm always looking for different ways to say the exact same thing, <laughs> which is I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I don't remember. Not that I recall. Not off the top of my head. Not from mm -hmm. memory list. So the Silver Diner is a chain, but it's sort of like a bougier diner uh -huh. um, where it's like a lot of like, um, not healthy food, but they have a lot of options for people with different health things. Uh -huh. And um, they have like really delicious milkshakes. And they had um, this salmon, smoked salmon eggs benedict. Uh -huh. And I was trying to decide between, I had gone and thinking, I'm going to get a BLT. Because you know what mm. I fucking love? BLTs. Mm. I love BLTs. Mm. And they're only really good 
when tomato season's good. Ah, uh, yes. Otherwise, it's just a bacon sandwich with lettuce and I take the tomatoes off because the tomatoes uh-huh. are bad. Sure. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to get a BLT. And then they had this smoked salmon eggs benedict. And I also really love eggs and I really love smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. I love all forms of salmon, but specifically yeah. smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting this dish and it was like covered in hollandaise. Mm. Like drowning. Not like yeah. the portion. It was literally like a mountain of hollandaise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not what I... Oh, and it was also, instead of being over like an English muffin, it was over um, like hash browns. See, that aspect of it I would like. but I would I, like that too, except for the fact... It was smothered. Mm-hmm. So to where these crispy potatoes were like barely crispy anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. I was like, I should have gotten the BLT. But, yeah. I mean, this was sort of a weird situation. Like, normally with... Specials like that, like if I had looked this up ahead of time, I might have seen, or maybe this cook just did a bad job, but Kenny's came out the same way. So I don't know. Maybe this guy was just like, you know what people want? Hollandaise. Maybe they had a surplus. (laughs) It was either going extra to you or in the trash. Yeah. 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 I wish they'd get, oh, also as a note, they gave me a, like a little sidecar of like chive sour cream. Hmm. I was like, what could I possibly use this for? It's already goop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't need extra goop. Yeah. I was disappointed in that. But that um, that's something that I like to do ahead of time. That's what I can control. Mm-hmm. Here are things that I cannot control that I look for when I'm looking at restaurants. Mm-hmm. The first is, and this is something that you and I have talked about recently because of our varying bodies. Mm-hmm. Chairs that accommodate my body. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Will, this is not a secret, is tall. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for saying tall, yeah. Well, you are. You're very tall. And I, Indeed, because I, yeah. I keep thinking about you specifically. Mm-hmm. because <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because you're tall, but you're not the tallest person. You're, you're sort of on the extreme side of how tall a person can be without it being like, oh my God, this person has a disease or something. You know what I mean? Like, Will is 6'4". Yes. Four, yes. Which is I'm, tall, but there I'm, are plenty yes. of other people we know that are 6'4". It's the it's the subset of tall that makes everyone remark upon how tall I am. And if I were any taller, then maybe they wouldn't be comfortable saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that maybe they the, the way that you wouldn't point out someone's, you know... Like if somebody like like was like missing a limb or something, mm-hmm. yeah. For example, yes. And I now have since the pandemic have gained weight. Where I won't mm-hmm. put out like real numbers out there, but I've gained like probably seventy pounds, and I'm a very very average height. Um, and so I am five five, and so I can st- I'm basically right on the edge of being like in plus size clothes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I can pretty much buy stuff right off the rack without having to go into sort of, like, a specialty section. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, like, right at the, the top part of that. And I have no problem with this. I'm very happy with my body. I love my body. My body has done amazing things. Um, but the thing that I've encountered is that I've always had really wide hips is the first thing. Yep. I've always been bottom heavy. And this has only become more extreme. <laughs> sure. And so now I've been finding situations where... I 
either don't fit or barely fit into the seats that I'm sitting in. Yes. And I think about you a lot, Will, because like I said, you're tall and you're like definitely tall. Like there's no, there's no, nobody is going to say, oh, Will's such a, you know, Will's not really Mm -hmm. tall. Like, Mm -hmm. but you're also like not, I think 6'5 is really when it gets to this extreme, right? And so if I'm most a mostly average person and I'm having trouble fitting in chairs, what is happening to everybody else that's bigger than me, right. both in height and in weight? Because there are plenty of people that weigh a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. And um, I have specifically found the worst offender to this, and maybe you'll agree with me, are those metal chairs. Yeah. Uh-huh. There are like metal chairs that have sort of like they're like sort of lighter and you'll see them at like ca- cafe type restaurants a lot. They yep. have arms and for yes. those what for whatever I don't know who thought these were a good idea. They immediately are digging into the sides of my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 the issue. Is is it, how 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 could a chair be uh un- uncomfortable for a person based on their size? And yeah. you might think uh well one issue could be there's the part of the chair which is the actual seat that mm-hmm. you sit upon. That could be too small for your body and that could be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I've sat in chairs where that's an issue, but I, I don't know if I've sat in a chair where that's the leading issue. The yes. leading issue is chairs have arms uh-huh. and the arms are often connected to the seat. Mm-hmm. And the sort of vertical bar portion of the chair that connects the arm to the seat um, is uh, creates too narrow of a window. Mm-hmm. When I fit my body into that, those uh, uh, arm vertical arm portions they they dig they dig in, uh, and that's the part that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and I just feel like it's not particularly hard to have chairs that I do fit into is the other thing. And I will say that this is most often an issue at restaurants. It is also mm-hmm. in a an issue in like conference rooms. Oh, like really? there's there are spaces that I can go into at work that have chairs that are nicer than the ones that you're describing, mm-hmm. but they are but they have the same structure yeah they have arms on either side of the seat and they have that the arms don't just stick out from the back of the chair they're also mm-hmm. connected to the seat and uh they di- and they dig in when i sit down yeah i know that like this is over sort of overdone or over over spoken about too but like i also have been shocked about airplane seats oh my god don't <laughs> Literally, do not get me started. Like, it, like we might have a problem that you're going to get me started on movie theaters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, air, airplanes are. It. They, I mean. I have they're, a very they're, tall. They're, they're torturous. I have a very tall friend, um, Doug, who I think you've met. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the um, one of the founders of Container Press, which does these beautiful art books. Mm-hmm. And we had a situation, not a situation, that sounds terrible. We were going to AWP and ended up being on the same plane, mm-hmm. which was insane because they were coming from Pittsburgh mm. and I was in DC. And so they had actually left at like 
4.45 in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning or something like that, taking a flight from Pittsburgh to D.C., and then the mm-hmm. layover was my plane. Right. And so I'm, like, in line, and I see Doug, and I'm like, Doug? Mm-hmm. And they were like, Liz Morris Lakes? And, mm-hmm. like, it was a, it was magical. And then I'm sitting there in my seat, and I have a window seat, and who do I see? But Doug comes over, and they're like, are you fucking kidding me? They were not sitting next to me, but they were in the aisle seat. Uh-huh, yeah. So this poor woman that was in the middle of us, we didn't, like, chat <laughs> throughout the whole talk, but she was very clearly like, fuck, I can't believe these people know each other. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I just remember thinking, how are they going to fit their body into this place? And they just... Like, basically didn't. Like, their mm-hmm. knees were, like, right up against the seat, and they yep. sort of were folded up into a little origami as much as yep. possible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know, again, I know that this is sort of overdone, and I'm sure it's worse. I know it's worse for you. I know it's worse for you. Yeah. Um, but I have, I was shocked sort of recently at how, like, really, really limiting those chairs are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, that's something I'm looking for in a restaurant is appropriate chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, too, Teresa Beckhusen will also go on and on about how restaurants used to have, um, like, a lot of plushness to there. Like, they'd have carpet, they'd have mm-hmm. um, plush seating, there would be sort of drapery, mm-hmm. and this made restaurants quieter. And mm-hmm. I absolutely understand not wanting to have carpet at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I don't totally fault them that. Right. Um, but even, even like, tablecloths, right? Um, but... Um, I take her point, which is that, like, when you take all of that away, there's nothing to absorb the sound. And so that's adding to the atmosphere of a place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot louder. Right. The other thing that I want at a restaurant is I want there to be small portions. And I'm not just talking about, mm. like, a like a tapas-type restaurant, though I'm very into that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, like do, I want to have – I would like to try a couple of different things. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so when you go into these restaurants that just have, like, giant portions or whatever, it's like, well, I'm not going to order an appetizer and dessert if my main course is, like, enormous. <laughs> right. Sure. And so I like looking for places that have, like, specifically have, like, it's not exactly a taste, it's not like a tasting menu where it's, like, you're getting 12 courses or something, but um, they specifically make it clear that each thing is its own sort of, like, unit, smaller unit. Yeah. And then related to this is I had – I went to a restaurant recently and I was shocked, shocked, because as I'm sure you know, it has become a thing recently to not have menus, uh-huh. but to have a QR code that you scan. Yep. And I don't like this. Okay. Uh, and the reason I don't like this is because I would like to – I like to be able to see, similar to how I – for a long time did not write prose because I could not see all of it at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was hard for me to revise. I would like to be able to see almost all of the menu at once. Uh-huh. And looking at it on my phone is just not super intuitive, especially for when you're sort of, it's a little bit busier. People are coming over mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like there to be a menu at a table, mm-hmm. but I will take a QR code over this restaurant I went to a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was a sit-down, dine-in restaurant, mm-hmm. and you ordered on your phone. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And I felt very old while I was feeling this way, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated every second of it. And can I tell you the real reason I hated it so much? Yeah. You can't 
all look at it at the same time. Mm. So, like, when I was ordering, I had to, like, order, and then I had to pass my phone to Kenny. Now, granted, I understand that maybe sometimes people are, you know, you might have, like, you know, a couple there that you're having a dinner with, or, or you know, you might all be ordering separately, and maybe that's more convenient or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I could, it, like, Kenny and I weren't going to order separately from one another. We're married. <laughs> right. And we also then had to order for Elliot. Yeah. And so for, like, a family, and this was, like, a family-friendly type, like, it was, like, a gastropub type place. Uh-huh. Like, you had to, we had, I had to, like, look, the only way to look at the menu was on my phone. Mm-hmm. I had to then order on my phone. I then had to talk to Kenny about what we were ordering Elliot while we were both, like, hunched over my phone. Right. I then had to hand my phone to Kenny. And then the other thing that ended up happening was you could sort of, like, add to your order afterwards. And so I went to add, like, a cannoli to my order because I fucking love cannoli. Yeah. And it didn't go through for some reason. Mm. And at this point, we had been waiting for long enough yeah. that I was like, well, I'm not going to reorder it. We right. just need to go. Yeah. And so I never got my cannoli. That sucks. Um, But, yeah, I hate, I hate, I don't like the QR code menus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and normally I will say, normally I'm very... Because, like I said, I look at the menus ahead of time online. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely for having that information. And I definitely appreciate, um, I appreciate, like, being able to order stuff ahead of time so that you can, like, put in your specific specifications, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. But if I'm ordering, if I'm at a sit-down dine-in restaurant, that's mm-hmm. not the experience I'm going for. Right. I would like to, like, talk to somebody. Yeah. That's, like, part of what I want in the sit-down restaurant. Because part of what we didn't get with COVID is talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. So, like, additionally to this, I wanted to take Elliot to get sushi yesterday. Because she, my girl, loves sushi. Mm-hmm. I gave, she, I got a piece of sashimi yesterday of salmon sashimi. And she was like, can I have a bite of that? And she took a giant ah, bite of salmon and was like, this is good. And then I had, like, my sushi was, like, kind of big, so I, like, was feeding her pieces of, like, raw fish, and she just was, like, eating them and doing this, like, wiggly dance. She was so happy. Yeah. And so um, I really wanted to take her to, like, a sit-down sushi restaurant. And the first two that I went to were takeout only. Mm, mm-hmm. I was like, what? So the first yeah. one I had never been to before, but I knew it was, like, sort of nearby, so I was, and then I was, so I was like, okay. But then the second one definitely used to be dine-in, and I think that, I don't know if it was with COVID or it was when they moved, they sort of moved locations sort of recently. Yeah. But I was just like, like, this is not, like, I what I want, I don't want to sit in the grass with my, like, plastic container of sushi. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I feel, Can I add that I feel like you are at a disadvantage um, because you are in a major metropolitan area. Okay. I like I I I just feel like you you like your city that you would go to for things being DC. Yeah. Being like one of the major ones. Yeah. I just feel like you are more likely to encounter ghost kitchens. Oh, uh, yes. QR code menus you know, places that are takeout only, but just cur- just a lot of curveballs in the yeah. restaurant space and, and that sort of thing. That's fair. I will say, though I, th- I agree with you for the most part, I will say that restaurant that had me order on my phone, 
was in Frederick, which is further mm, away yeah. from DC. And it was in this homey little sort of like weird building, which was part of the reason I was specifically confused and surprised by it. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, it was very clearly a restaurant that had not always done it this way. For sure. If that makes yeah. sense. Uh-huh. Like it had like two levels and like narrow staircases and... um Yeah. But yes, I totally take your point. Have you have you run into any sort of weird dining experiences like that recently? Mm-mm. No, no, just perfect. <laughs> not <laughs> not perfect. I I will say we get takeout a lot, and mm-hmm. by a lot I mean pretty consistently once a week. Occasionally, there's a reason to do it a second time. Yeah, the takeout is kind of supplanted uh, eating out. Yeah. Um, and when we have occasionally eaten out, uh, we've almost always done some outdoor dining situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, the, I, I've encountered the QR code thing plenty. Um, nothing worse or weirder than that, that I can recall. Yeah. I will say just one little pet peeve that I didn't hear you say. Oh, please. Yeah. That um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to make a stink about the QR code thing, but just a tiny little pet peeve is that once you encounter that, my, my thing is that menus change mm-hmm. and you're just creating the conditions for like, there might be multiple versions of the same menu coexisting. Mm-hmm. Like chances are you do have a physical menu in the restaurant mm-hmm. and the way my brain works is i am not going to be able to tamp down the instinct to like compare your online menu to <laughs> what i can find in the restaurant uh-huh. and like find the differences yeah and then not know which one of them is accurate which one of them is like right for this moment in time yeah and I find that this this is not just this is not only specific to going to a restaurant and having to use a QR code. It's also like ordering takeout online. Like yeah, like I can find a version of your menu online that says you have this thing, mm-hmm. and then when I go through your system to order online, that thing is nowhere to be found. Yeah, and so like what happened? Did I find an old version of your menu or did you sell out of something or what? And I think that's, I I mean, I also, to be fair to the restaurants, I totally understand having the online menu in the sense that you can very easily say what you do and do not have that way. Mm -hmm. Sure. I just feel like, especially for places that aren't like fast casual, Mm -hmm. I would like, I feel like you guys can give me a menu. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be an idea. And also... Also, um, I also mostly like eating outside if I can. Mm-hmm. In general, I like to be outside if I can be. Makes sense, yeah. A theme that will return. I have been learning to love it or <laughs> like it or tolerate it in some yes. cases. So that's what I have for, um, that's what I want to talk about for restaurants. Let's talk about movies. Okay. So... Um, How much time do you got? (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that for movies, I have three things that I can control that I think are good um, and important 
that I feel like at least one of them, a lot of people are going to disagree with me about. Okay. The first is that I really, really like that for most of the places I go to now, you pick your seat ahead of time. Yep. I'm very much a fan of that. I would like to know exactly where I'm sitting. I'm glad. I would like to know I'm not going to be separated. Like, when I think about how stressful it was to go to the movies as, like, a young person, like, you would, like, get there so early. Mm -hmm. Now I can get there, like, right whenever. Now, that said, I still am going to get there early because I want to get there early enough that I can go pee Mm -hmm. before the movie. Because something Mm -hmm. else that has happened to me now that I'm older is I've given birth and my bladder is different because it got all smushed up when I was Mm -hmm. pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but even before that, like I'm a very hydrated person, and I don't want to be sitting there thinking about the fact that I have to pee during a movie, like during of course. The two hours into Oppenheimer. Yep. <laughs> and the third thing <laughs> that I know most people are maybe you won't, but I know a lot of people. Every time I brought this up, people have thrown their hands up at me. I do not get the obsession with eating during a movie. <laughs> okay, we. Are not going to have a problem. Okay, good. I don't understand the point of having snacks. I understand that popcorn is like a beloved sort of like munching snack. And I will also say, I understand that if you're in the comfort of your own home, I understand if you're having like a movie night and you're with children, maybe having some snacks or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like people, I was at a friend's, um, like they were having a little like get together at their house and they were like, Liz, what's your favorite movie treat? And I was like, I don't want to eat during a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't understand everybody's obsession with it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I understand that the prices are inflated. I don't understand people like sneaking shit in. I mm-hmm. just don't care. <laughs> and I don't, I especially don't. Because I don't want to drink something that's then again going to have to make me get up to pee. Mm-hmm. But then also there's all these like restaurant movie theaters now mm-hmm. where you go and you can order a whole ass meal. And I also don't want that because that's getting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take this in reverse order. Starting with the very last point that you brought up. <laughs> I do think that the type of movie theater where you are order food during and it's brought to you. And I have enjoyed that in the past. I can't think of a situation where I would want to do it again. Yeah. I I would say I feel the same way. The only, I guess, I guess if for some reason I was being dragged to a movie that I didn't want to see, (laughs) I would love to like, get some crappy food served to me yeah. during it and and but the, the the novelty of that idea has you know wore off quickly yeah same snacks uh in general i i don't like popcorn that much fair um the um the the appeal uh the the, the you know popcorn base popcorn is pretty much flavorless and mm-hmm. and and has a texture which reminds me of styrofoam. Yes. So you're getting it for the butter mm-hmm. and the salt mm-hmm. and any other seasoning that you might put on it. Mm-hmm. And my problem with this is that you eat it with your fingers. Yes, same. And it and it and it might taste very so it basically my problem is 
if it tastes good, it's going to make my fingers gross. And if yes. it won't make my fingers gross, it doesn't taste like very much at all. Do you know my favorite kind of popcorn just in general? Is it like caramel corn? Or... It's kettle corn. Kettle corn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because kettle corn is like a little bit sweet, a little bit salty. It, right. The way that they cook it, it's not super greasy. Yes. And it it holds up where it like is good. It's good when it's fresh and hot, but it's also good like two hours later. Right. If you asked me to do like a popcorn tier list, then you would find that at the top of it for me is a version of popcorn that basically renders it something other than popcorn. <laughs> like, like I just want it for like the chocolate coating or, yes. or caramel or something. And I do love a chocolate, like a caramel corn or like a chocolate mm-hmm. um, covered popcorn. But yeah, kettle corn, I feel like is a pure, ver- a pure version of popcorn. So... But you can't get kettle corn at the fucking movie theater. (laughs) When I go to the art house cinema where I saw Oppenheimer, Mm -hmm. I have a membership there because they are also a nonprofit. And and I'm renewing my membership annually, mostly as an act of philanthropy, more Mm -hmm. than for the benefits that I get. But one of the benefits that I get is a free small popcorn. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Which I will usually get... And if I get it from the concession stand, I will get it with no butter mm-hmm. because I am actually eating it just more for the sake of um, I'm going to be here for a couple of hours and this will mean that I don't get hungry. Yeah. Now, say I'm going to the multiplex. I'm not going to get popcorn because they won't give it to me for free and I don't particularly like it. Yeah. Yeah. So my issue with the multiplexes near me is that I want a little sweet treat and they don't have enough variety. Mm-hmm. So the, the the routine that I've gotten into is that I get peanut M&Ms. Okay. But what I really want to get is one of the weirder M&Ms that they never have. Oh, what but is that, it? Well, I there's a lot that I would take. Uh-huh. Like if they had peanut butter M&Ms, I would get those. If yes. they had crispy or crunchy or pretzel M&Ms, mm-hmm. I would get those. But all they have is plain and peanut. So I'll get peanut. Yeah. Now, taking that into the movie theater. This, this, is, this is where I get into, okay, this is kind of like flying for me. I have my rules. Uh-huh. And I would just be so much happier if everyone had to follow my rules. Yes. So like, for instance, on a plane, you, you cannot put your seat back. Yes. You, 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 you have, you are capable of doing that, Mm -hmm. but you must not. It is a moral imperative that you not do that. Yeah. At the movies, get a snack, more power to you. Eat it before the movie, finish it. Before the movie starts. And that, to me, is the is the raison d'etre of trailers. Uh-huh. You have, like, assuming you're at the multiplex, you have, like, 20 to almost 30 minutes mm-hmm. to eat all your popcorn or all your M&Ms because that shit is noisy. It is mm-hmm. noisy to eat that stuff. So eat it during the trailers. I don't care if you're making noise during the trailers. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a trailer that I'm excited to see, it's okay to make noise. 
I'm not that much of a stickler. Movie starts. Shut the fuck up. Stop yes. making any sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so my rule is no chewy mid-movie. Mm-hmm. Chewy pre-movie. <laughs> only. I will say the times that I have gotten a something to eat at the movies, um, that's like a candy situation. I also get a weird candy. Mm-hmm. I get snow caps or like snow non corals. Yes, right. And exactly. the reason I get those specifically is because, um, I mean, I will also sometimes if I'm getting something, get like an M M&M and M or a peanut M M&M and M because I just love M and M's. Yes. Um, but the reason I will get those specifically is because I can put two in my mouth mm-hmm. and just let them melt. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I will be eating them during the movie, but I'm eating them so slowly and so quietly. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's very good. I will say, though, that it's not just chewing. It's also... It's they so prob- crinkly. Yeah. They probably come in a box. Yeah. And they make sound moving around in the box. Yeah. Or even if they come in a bag, the bag crinkles. Yes. No, yeah, I'm very careful about not making sounds. Um if I were when I do do that, but I basically don't at this point. Just in I, the past. <laughs> snow caps are, are my old favorite. Yeah. That's what I would get when I was like a kid going to the movies. Uh-huh. That's if, so will of you. Today if I were to deviate from getting peanut M&Ms, I would probably get Junior Mints. Which I would never think of getting as a kid because I didn't like that flavor. Old man will. Junior mints are are, are good. <laughs> and then when I was a kid, if it wasn't snow caps, it was um bunch of crunch. Oh yeah. Which I would think of getting today, but would probably never pick over yeah. peanut MMs and junior mints. Yeah, that's fair. Now it's not just snacks, it's also drinks. Yes. And there was a brief period, kind of recently, I think when we were going back to the movies after the vaccines, mm-hmm. and I was sort of thinking about these outings in a new way, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, I avoid soda, because mm-hmm. I don't need the liquid calories, and mm-hmm. it's really bad for you, but... What if I had a soda just when I was at the movies? Yeah. Moderation, baby. And part of the appeal of that is that at the movies, most often, uh, or in most cases, I mean to say, they have like a Coke freestyle machine. Yes. And that's a fun novelty in and of itself. You don't get that every day in your life. I can get like, you know, cherry, orange, vanilla, Dr. Pepper or something. Yeah. You know. And I, and I did this for a while, and I would stick with the small, and I would... However, I've persuaded myself not to do this anymore. Uh-huh. And the reason isn't because I don't want it. The reason is because I don't want to have to pee during the movie. Thank you! And you didn't even give birth. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, I yes, I'm thinking about, I have to use the bathroom right before I leave for the theater... I don't have a long drive to whatever theater I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Unless I have messed up in some way, I probably won't have to use the bathroom at the movies even beforehand. Yeah. But if I do, hopefully I get it done during the trailers and then I don't have to go again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do everything that I can to avoid feeling like I have to be during the movie. Yes. 
which is which also gets to the question of when do you arrive? And this gets to the reserve seating thing too. Yes. Yes. The I I hmm do I want do I want to say do I want to say this? I think I think I will say that the that post COVID the most significant way I can think of that my life has improved mm-hmm. is that it is now standardized that you will pick your seat before you get into the theater. Yes. I yeah. go to the movies kind of a lot. And I love this. Yes. And I will always buy my tickets online mm-hmm. and know just what seats I am looking to find. Reserving them is great. So there's no question about what seat I'm going to get into. That's not an impetus for me to get there early. Mm-hmm. So the calculation that I've started to do now is, I'm using calculation a lot in this episode, <laughs> is how late do I want to leave? Because the showtime is like actually like maybe like a few minutes before the trailers will, will start. Mm-hmm. So when the movie actually starts, it is, as I already said, a good at, at least 20 minutes. Yeah, usually 20 minutes, I would say. So the habit that I've gotten into, but I'm open to like moving this around a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's like, it's like five minutes for me to drive to the theater. Yeah, you have a different driving situation than I do. So say the showtime is 3.05. Uh-huh. We might be out the door at three o'clock. Yeah. Actually not like in our seats until 10 or even 15 after. And I'm still spending a lot of time watching trailers. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a toss up for me if I want that or not. Yeah. Because I, I like trailers. I do too. And I'm not one of these people who is like, oh, I don't want to see the trailer. I hate seeing the trailer. Oh, they give away too much. Oh, I yeah. saw the whole movie, blah, blah, blah. It's good. <laughs> I like seeing the whole... I like seeing movies. Yeah. <laughs> trailer shows me a whole movie? Cool. And I this, got it for I, free. And I could get into a whole tangent about how, like, I like watching trailers so much because, like, the anticipation of new movies coming out is, like, kind of the most fun part like yeah the anticipation is better than having seen the thing when it when it's in the near future is better than when it's in the past yeah so but that but the what i don't like is say i go to the movies Mm -hmm. you know weekend after weekend several times in a row well, I must have seen the tra- the tra- the trailer for Transformers: Rise of the Beasts ten times. Yeah, I didn't want to see it once. <laughs> so I know something that, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I know too that if I have to see that fucking F one racing trailer again, uh, Gran Turismo, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that I wanted to bring up was I actually really like. I like getting there and sitting there before the trailers even start just because I like to get settled and I like to, um, even though I have an assigned seat, I like to just be able to walk there um, before it's dark. Um, But I also really like the pre-show, like the pre-show shit they play. What am I wearing right now? Man, I I didn't even tell you what this episode was about. Explain what your shirt says. 
I'm wearing my shirt from Super Yaki that says show up early for Maria Menounos, which is a <laughs> reference to when you get to the movie theater early and you see a, a program called Newvie with an yeah. N and two O's hosted by Maria Menounos, who one time I was wearing this shirt to the grocery store and somebody asked, what does that mean? <laughs> and I said, did you ever get to a movie theater early and see uh, Maria Menounos? And the person bagging my groceries didn't know what I was talking about, but did make the connection between the name Maria Menounos and the little TV on the gas pump when you are <laughs> filling up your car, which is also where you might see Maria Menounos. But I don't think that there is such a thing as showing up early to the gas pump. <laughs> Unless maybe, I don't know, you have a mostly full tank. And you and you just want to see... Um, Maria Menounos, but you don't want to go see a full movie. You just want to see GSTV. Um, I like those, and I especially like it because... We also will get um, local ads. Mm-hmm, sure. And as I think you know, I think you and I are on the same page about this. Something doesn't have to be good. It's good if something is good. Uh-huh. But it does have to be dunkable. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I like seeing, I like the weird and quirky and dunkable local ads. Right. Um. Yeah. The and worst... so I, I do like the process of getting there. I don't get there like super, super early, but I will get there early enough that I can like, if I'm with Kenny, if I'm with Kenny, we will sit down and then I will get up and go to the bathroom and come back mm-hmm. and then just be settled, like have a little bit of a second to chat with Kenny. I like watching people as they come in and yes. then, yeah. And then I like watching the trailers. Right. Totally. I think the worst case scenario is the one like the Transformers thing where I've seen it before. I don't want to see it. There's nothing particularly funny. Yes, exactly. I, um, but if it, it if it is something bad and we can get some enjoyment out of making fun of it, that's great. Um, okay. Now, I think I just have like two more points that I want to make that I can think of. I and have... I have one, two more points, too. Okay. Do you want to? Yeah, because the one is a callback. I mean, you'll see this throughout the whole fucking thing. But like, Go for it. Mm-hmm. I prefer the theaters where I can put my legs up. Okay, this is the part of what I was going to say next. Okay, yeah. good. And, and part of this is just because, like, again, because my body is bigger. Yes. It's much more comfortable for me to sit with my, in, in, in general, across the board. Part of the reason that I, when I work from home, I sit on my couch most of the time. Mm-hmm. is because I am most comfortable when I'm sitting at a very slight recline with my legs up. Mm-hmm. My back doesn't hurt. My legs don't fall asleep. Right. Um, that it, it is not better for me to sit at a desk. Yep. <laughs> Maybe somebody will say, some doctor will say, it's better for your back to sit at a desk. It's mm-hmm. not better for me to stand because I don't have a meniscus in my right knee and because I have flat feet. And mm-hmm. so for some people, like Kenny, it's better. Like Kenny stands at a, at his office, he's like a standing desk at his job. He doesn't stand mm-hmm. all the time, but he loves it. Oh, no, that's not good for me. That's going to wreck me very quickly. And right. that's not something that I'm going to, like, gain endurance for. That's only mm-hmm. going to hurt my body at this point. Right. So, yes, I would like seats that recline and that I can put my legs up at. And even that I can maybe, you know, curl up my legs a little bit. Sit a uh-huh. little, kind of sit side saddle yep, a little bit. Sure. 
Uh-huh. What was your thought here? Okay, so prior to living in this house, we lived in a house we rented for five years. And mm-hmm. there we were basically equidistant from the art house cinema and a multiplex at what I would call a shopping center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the uh, neither has recliners. Okay. And then we moved here. And now we're sort of equidistant from the previously mentioned multiplex uh-huh. and another multiplex, same brand, uh-huh. but it's at a mall in the other direction okay. and they do have the recliners. Mm-hmm. We're a little farther from the art house cinema, but it's still not far. Yeah, nothing's far in Tucson, if I'm being... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> side, fair. Side note, when I was in Tucson, at some point, every single one of you, maybe not you because I didn't really drive in the car with you anywhere. Yeah. Every single one of you complained about the distance of something. And I was like, guys. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. got to the point where Sarah was like, I understand that you drive an hour to see your brother and that is a reasonable distance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so um, saying the same thing, but a little bit differently, the, the art house cinema is still close to us. Yeah. It's just not as close as, as it was in mm-hmm. our last place. You can't sneeze and get there. It's not, uh, but it's it's not a really significant difference. Um, it's only a significant difference when you're measuring by Tucson standards, where yes. everything is really accessible. Yeah. So um, we started going to the mall and realized how much we liked going there for the recliners. Mm-hmm. Now, I sort of can't pin down a, a, a great clear narrative for why I've stopped going to the art house cinema so much mm-hmm. but it has to do with the recliners and it also has to do with the programming mm-hmm. and I and I just I I can't put my finger on how much the programming has actually changed in recent years since when mm-hmm. I moved here mm-hmm. and how much just like my movie going preferences have changed. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm, I'm always thinking about this because it's kind of jumbled in my head. But here's, here's, the, here's the other point that I was going to make about reserved seating. Yeah. Now, post-COVID, the art house cinema is the, is the weird place mm-hmm. where I can buy my tickets online to know I have them ahead of time, mm-hmm. but I can't pick my seat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how crowded it's going to be. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And so we opted to go see Oppenheimer there mm-hmm. because they were doing the 70 millimeter thing, which is special. Mm-hmm. And we went to a noon showing, mm-hmm. which meant that I had lunch at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then we were in the car by 1130. Mm-hmm. Pulling into the parking lot like five minutes later, approximately. And as we were pulling in, we saw the line going out the door. Oh, Jesus. So I said to Dana, do you want to hop out? And she did because uh-huh. I thought I was going to have a hard time finding parking because their yeah. parking lot is not quite small. big enough. It can yeah. fill up, unfortunately. Fortunately, I actually didn't have the hard time finding a space that I thought I was. Yeah. So I approached and I saw they had a sign that said, like, next showing of Oppenheimer line starts here. Yeah. 
got in line. They started letting people in. The line moved pretty quickly. But the line was not for people buying tickets. Mm -hmm. Everyone had already bought their tickets. Mm -hmm. They were just lining up to get into the theater to pick their seats. Yeah. Fortunately, we found two seats that I had no problem with. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about why they haven't joined the other theaters in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, so so actually more specifically, I had the thought, why not make this a member benefit? Oh. Why not make reserved seating a member benefit? And I think the reason is they're a nonprofit and they not only have a membership program, but they have like a tiered major giving program. And I haven't looked into this to check, but I'm fairly certain that it is a benefit of one or more of their tiers for major donors. Mm -hmm. That if you give at that level, you get to reserve seats for yourself. That's interesting. Okay. And I think that if they extended that to the general public or to lowly normal members like me. Yeah. That they would lose a value proposition for their major giving structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they would disincentivize people who give at that level to continue giving at that level. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think they have a problem. Yeah. Because I think I can't be the only one who's thinking. It stresses me out to go to, to not know where I'm going to sit. And not only that, not only thinking that, but also thinking the way that the programming is going, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the movie that I could that I want to see that's playing at the Art House Cinema, I can also go to the multiplex to see. Yeah. I saw Asteroid City at the multiplex. Mm-hmm. I saw Past Lives at the multiplex. Mm-hmm. Most of the quote unquote indie movies that I want to see, they've got a twenty four behind them. Did you see Bo is Afraid? We saw Bo is Afraid at the multiplex. Wow. Okay. Sitting in recliners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I am sad that I didn't get a chance. I should have been more aggressive in seeing theaters. Very small note about A24. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of the writers and actors strike now. Yes. Right. Did you see about A24? Yes. Yeah. I saw that there is such a thing as SAG-AFTRA is making exceptions for productions that do meet their demands mm-hmm. uh, and giving actors um, permission basically to work in the, on those projects and that um, some of those projects are a 24 projects. Yeah. Yeah. So a 24 basically said, looked at the demands of SAG-AFTRA and said, yeah, we'll do all this. And so they're mm-hmm. going to be, which is interesting, especially if you consider the fact that, you, I'm sure you saw the thing that the one studio said that their I, their plan was to basically wait until people were homeless. Yes. Which is so fucked up. <laughs> right. Which is, I think, I, I'm not reading this stuff very closely, but I, I get the sense that there's a lot of people speaking anonymously, right? Yes. Like, the official statements from the studios are like, oh, we're, you know, we're doing everything. And, and it. And in reality, they're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And behind closed doors, they're giving these anonymous statements like, well, we're going to, you know, well, we're going to starve them. 
and they mm-hmm. and they'll come, you know, begging for a deal that benefits us. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, I was like, I mean, like you know, I'm a fan of like A24 movies. Mhm. Um they've been good. <laughs> yeah, not every one of them and I don't see every one of them. Exactly. But but it is a sort of seal of approval. Yeah. To see that A24 logo before a trailer. That's like an immediate like a movie like Talk to Me which is a horror movie mm-hmm. that if, if you did not put the A24 logo in front of that, I think I would have very little interest in seeing it. Mm-hmm. But the A24 logo in front of it just really bumps it up to like little interest to like, I might see this interest. Yeah. 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 In, in a movie like that. Yeah. So I felt, yeah, exactly. I felt good about that. I was like, ha ha ha. I also felt a little bit, dare I say, smug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the only other thing I want to talk about in terms of, like, an ideal movie experience, you know, notwithstanding, like, not having shitty people in the theater and stuff like that. That's what I want to talk about. Go on. Is, um, fucking soundproofing. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, like, I know that it's possible in the year mm-hmm. of our Lord 2023. I mean, I yeah. think about this all the time. Like, my old apartment that I lived in, I could hear everything that was happening um, in my one neighbor's house, which was a problem because she was currently in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. um, for the last, like, five months that we lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in this townhouse now, and I literally never hear my neighbors. Mm-hmm. So I know it's possible. Yep. Um, but I think, I know, I don't know if I've, ex- I know I've talked to you about this. I don't know if it's explicitly come up on the podcast. But, like, I was watching the very first movie I saw in theaters again. Mm-hmm. Um, after the pandemic had started was the green Knight, Mm -hmm. And I was thrilled to see this movie. And there's a lot of very quiet ambient sound moments. Right. And what was playing in the theater next to me? Birds of prey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you'd get this, like, I very specifically remember the scene where he sort of lies down and it does Mm -hmm. that 360 circle. It's like so quiet it's mm-hmm. like, you know, just this like bird sounds and stuff. And then right. it's like, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and also this theater that I had gone to was a brand new theater. Yep. This theater mm-hmm. literally opened a month before. Like it opened in early 2020. So there's no reason for this. Right. What What is your thoughts? <laughs> well, my thoughts on that are there's a real catch 22, which is. If something is old, chances are it might suck because it's old, but, um, you know, it might be broken down. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, uh, something new, almost guarantee you it sucks <laughs> B- because because quality control is, is out the window uh-huh. and, and everything's done as cheaply as possible. Um, and, it, and it's like to the consumer, it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, there are so many ways that this can go wrong and soundproofing is one of them. And you can have an experience like I had watching Oppenheimer yesterday, you know, things can be, you know, film or digital, regardless, things can be projected poorly. Mm -hmm. They can be off center. They can be out of focus. Sound mixing is terrible. Um, especially if you're watching TV, not necessarily mm-hmm. in the theater, but it applies there too. And um, like I, and, and like I saw a movie, um, normal the normal digital way, and I could just like plainly see like two dead pixels, you know, 
Yeah, yeah. The way you might have like on your computer monitor or like, God forbid, your TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to just um, make a point about um, going to the movies. And unfortunately, there are other people there. And and that's a double edged sword because um, when it works, it it's great. Like mm-hmm. like a mo- like the like the experience of seeing a movie can be really really enhanced by you're with a group of people and the movie is successfully doing its thing mm-hmm. on all of you and you're and the fact that you're sharing th- these emotions and this experience and you're all on the edge of your seat when you're supposed to be um that's enriching however other people are rude and 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 often very stupid. Um, Will, can I make a request? Yeah. Will you tell the story about when you saw the Mister Rogers movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I I'm, see. Here's the thing. I've gone to the movies enough. I have about ten stories that are exactly <laughs> know, like this. This one is the funniest, I think. So yeah, so seeing Mister Rogers, we were in a row, kind of near the front. And uh, there was a couple, uh, apparently a husband and wife, uh, older, but not uh, so old to be elderly, I would Mm -hmm. say. And they were in the same row as us and they were over to the left of us and right, not right next to us, but uh, several seats away. And the man, as many people, especially of a certain age, Mm -hmm. often do at the movies, when they have something to say, they just say it and they don't whisper it. And they're not yelling either, but they're loud because they're talking at a normal volume. And in it's a, a space movie theater. W- in a space where you are supposed to be not only quiet, but actually silent in my yes. opinion. Yes, unless there's some emergency or something. Yes. So um, the, the moment th- this happened several times, but the moment that cracked me up was um, if you've seen the movie, you know where there's a scene where... Mr. Rogers is talking to the reporter main character about a stuffed animal that belongs to the reporter. And uh, there's a sort of question and answer structure to the dialogue. Mr. Rogers is like, what's, you know, what's his name? Uh, Whatever it is, Bun Bun, whatever. And who gave you Bun Bun or whatever? And the guy said out loud, my father. And then the character said, my mother and then the guy (laughs) said out loud oh (laughs) um but also um well that wasn't um, even what i was thinking of but also there's a there's a moment where like the the, i think what you're thinking of and i just remembered was this story is even maybe not even funnier but it's so funny i might be forgetting the details a little bit but there's a moment where like mr rogers like literally says like to the to the characters in the movie like let's take a moment of silence yeah and the movie is just deliberately silent and in fact i think mr rogers may look into the camera at this moment and it's really magical yeah and i don't remember why he wasn't being quiet but i guess he had something to say so i i think i leaned over and i said like this means you too. Yes. Or, or, or like this applies to all of us as, as well. 
please. And then after that, if he had, I think after that, he might've had something to say. And and only after that was his wife, like shushing him or something like that. Cause then it was (laughs) okay. One of you is considerate enough to know that this is a problem now that I've confronted you with it. Yeah. But I had that experience seeing the Northmen. I had that experience seeing Memoria. I had not so recently that experience seeing Nebraska, which is my favorite because uh, it's the example of um, an example of having an older person having something to say in the movie mm-hmm. might be if there is text on screen, they might read it out loud to themselves. Oh, yeah. And, the, and there was a shot where just in the shot, not a close up. But a wide shot just happened to be in the shot. There was a stop sign in the shot. And an old man in the theater said the word stop out loud. <laughs> I have I have a... It's not my story. It's actually my dad's story. But um, I think this is endear... It's one of, the, one of the few endearing memories I have that my father told me about something. Um, my dad said that when he saw, I think, the third Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. he ended up going to a... What for whatever reason he was going to like an early morning showing on a weekend, mm-hmm. and so there ended up being a lot of parents with children there, young children, mm-hmm. and so he said that because he he described this as being sort of magical, mm-hmm. which is that you know you hear the the sound you hear the opening bah and then Star Wars comes up and then you get the scroll, yep. and he said that every parent in this theater leaned over and started reading it to their kids yeah sure (laughs) but it was like he was like you could collectively hear all very they were being quiet but Mm -hmm. all these parents just collectively reading this thing out loud at the exact same time (laughs) that sounds like a good experience that i might enjoy yes i think that i would enjoy it especially considering like it was definitely i think um you know he understood that he was at depending on when you go to the movies you expect certain yes crowds you know what i mean if you're going to see a movie that is intended for young people or children and if you're going to a show where they will be awake for that you mm-hmm. expect a slightly different experience than if you go to a nine o'clock show right um my uh my father has a story which he has told me uh which i will not recount the entirety of because i don't remember all the details i just remember the context and the punchline and the context is him and some other people uh, he knew uh, going to see The Exorcist in theaters. <laughs> and the punchline is someone he was with getting up in the middle of the movie and declaring, I seen enough and I ain't seeing no more. And <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> and I, I, think of, I think of that line. I think of that line often. Um, um, here's a simple point. Sorry, Liz's reaction to I'm now holding a fork. <laughs> yeah, it just um, came out of nowhere. Dana just brought this to me off camera. Um, it's not just a fork. There's also some <laughs> fruit in a bowl. Um, that's the, the purpose of the fork. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to emphasize things with it now that yes. I have it in my hand. Um, okay, quick, simple point to make about this uh, uh, problem is uh-huh. this is why um, if I can sit anywhere I want, I will always sit in the very back row. Yeah, yeah. Because as long as you're in the back row, no one can be behind you. Yes. And people making noise in front of you is better than people making noise behind you. Because it will literally project towards the screen and not towards your ears. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Now, okay, the larger point that I want to make requires me 
to make some assumptions about how things used to be uh-huh. indeed before I was born. And so I have no direct <laughs> experience with it. And so perhaps I don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah. the, here's the conclusion that I've come to is, is that the, the, this is the real, all of what we're talking about, that's symptoms. The problem is movies are kind of old now. Uh-huh. They're like a century old. Yes, yeah, it's not and, a new medium. And in that time, the movies, the content of movies has changed. Mm-hmm. The theater going experience has not. Ah. Or at least it hasn't enough. Yeah. My assumption is that in the early days of going to the theater to see the movies, it was normal and tolerated that people would do distracting things. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it was more of a free-for-all atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just uh, I, I was just watching an interview with Christopher McQuarrie, director of the last three Mission Impossible movies, where he recalled that he didn't go to film school. He had a job in a movie theater. His job was as an usher. The reason he was there was to make sure that fights didn't break out <laughs> during movies. Which, like, why would that happen? Like, under what circumstances? Yeah, but I see what you're saying. But apparently, in some environments... It was a common enough phenomenon that a job was created to to prevent such things or or deter them. So, yeah. so um, movies um, might be um, a lot uh, quieter and more con- contemplative and and more artful and less made for the sake of just putting something in the theater to get your money. And mm-hmm. uh, and so, so say you're going to the movies to see a work of art and you want to appreciate it and you don't want to be distracted, you're still going into the same environment where you would see Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. where it would be a better experience if you were with a bunch of people and they cheered at some points. Or as my favorite um, moment, which I'll bring up whenever I can, whenever Captain America, spoilers, picks up Thor's hammer and the kid behind me who was maybe 14 screams, I knew it. Just just the most mm-hmm. joyful, joyous thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> That's good. And I don't want that same infrastructure to apply to how I see Asteroid City or yes. past lives. Uh-huh. Which is why I, how do you solve a problem like this? I would, I would pay a bit of a premium mm-hmm. to see what was designated a quiet screening. Mm. So no food, no drink. No snacks allowed inside. No noisy sodas allowed inside. And also, like, yeah, the like the presence of, like, an attendant. Yeah. Whose job it was 
to enforce to shush people the yeah the silent rule to say like hey please be quiet and if somebody refuse to comply get them that get them out of there and will there is i would argue a precedent for this in the Uh, sense that on this it seems unrelated but it's not on amtrak they have quiet cars mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's the same thing yes i would pay something of a premium depending on the movie i wouldn't do it for every single movie i wouldn't do it for indiana jones yeah but past lives comes along and I would pay a few extra bucks to mm-hmm. see it in the equivalent of the quiet car on the train. Yeah, hell yeah. I think that's a good point, Will. I think you've made some good points. What fruit are you eating, if, if I may ask? Watermelon and strawberry. Ooh, good combo. I don't like watermelon, but I can understand conceptually that if I did like watermelon, that that would be a great combo. Mm-hmm. Um, we're running low on time, which we knew would happen, but that's fine because I got you to talk. And that's I what did, I love. I did warn you. Yes. I do want to say that I have, really, I have one thing about comedy shows. Mm-hmm. I have two things about comedy shows that I think are important. Mm-hmm. So I, I say comedy shows loosely. I was trying to think, like, I guess I kind of, I was like, I guess I kind of have been to a lot of, like, live comedy shows. So just off the top of my head, I've been to, I saw... Cameron and River Butcher's back-to-back tour when they were married. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw Spontanea Nation with you in L.A. Mm-hmm. I saw, um, which was long-form improv. I saw Joe Para with you, um, mm-hmm. which was stand-up and also had openers. I saw River Butcher doing stand-up a different time in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. I've seen Ben Schwartz do long-form improv. Yep. And I'm going to be seeing Ben Schwartz again in September. Mm-hmm. For my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so a sort of a variety, you know, um, Spontanea Nation wasn't a variety show in the same way that like Veriotopia is, but it did have like two segments, it had an interview segment and then a, a imp- long form improv segment. Yep. I've seen stand up comedy. I've seen stand up comedy where it's like mostly one person, where it's two people. There was also a musical performance at the Spontanea Nation show, which wasn't right. part of the podcast. That's right. They they What did they sing? I don't recall. Do you, I don't recall either. I'm not going to remember because it wasn't a song that I knew. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't know it either. But the one, the sort of two things is that if I'm at a comedy show, I want it to be made very clear what the expected audience participation is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because that makes or breaks the performance. Yep. And when we saw um, Spontanea Nation, a very funny thing happened, Mm. (laughs) which was that Paul F. Tompkins came out ahead of time and basically explained that they'd be recording and and that we would not be having back and forth with the audience. That was not what we were doing, but decided, and he later revealed this was not something he normally did. Mm. Did anybody have any questions? (laughs) Uh, Which is a funny way to wrap up an explanation. (laughs) And... Somebody had a question. It was you, Will. I re- Okay, the way I remember it is that what preceded were three questions. Okay. And I don't recall what the other two were. Uh-huh. But I seem to remember that I went last. That Yes, you definitely were the last person that spoke. I don't remember the people before you. But you opened your mouth and pure sound came out. 
as if from a gun. And <laughs> you said, will there be ads? <laughs> I think we, I, I think I said, yeah, will, will we hear any ads tonight? Yeah. Because that's part of listening to the podcast. Yes. And Paul visibly stepped back as if he was, sh- he was hitting the sound wave of your, se- of your beautiful voice. Yeah. A little bit embarrassing, but yeah. <laughs> No, it was cute. It's a little bit embarrassing for me. <laughs> no, it was that you did a good job projecting. Mm, yeah. Because well. we were far back. Yeah. We were like in the last third, I would say, of the audience. We were not in the very, very back, but we were not in the first half by any standard. Also not a very big venue. No, but not You could be in either. the back and have good seats. Yeah. And he said no. And then he said, because I think he was thinking, what ads do you like hearing because at this point paul f tompkins was doing spontaneation and doing um like little character bits for all of his ads yep and you said that underwear company that i can't remember the name of right now mac weldon mac weldon yeah well yeah part of his response was 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 it were there any ads you were hoping to hear tonight but i was not the only one with an answer like yeah People in the audience started responding with characters that he did in the ads. Yeah. But you are leaving out something else that I remember, which I think came before that part. Mm-hmm. It was sort of mixed in with the way that he staggered reacting to my volume. <laughs> he, he said, he said, do you work for Earwolf? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. And then, so, so with him, that was very, like, you know, it was very established very early. Um, I also found that at Ben Schwartz's show, it was, like, very established very early. Um, when I saw Back to Back, a very cute thing happened where somebody who was in close to the front row, if not the front row, very quickly at the very beginning, when they were still coming out and hadn't started speaking yet, took their phone and did sort of a selfie where they were getting mm-hmm. a selfie with them. Right. And Cammy and River saw that and were so amused by this. I think they had not ever encountered it before mm-hmm. um, that they posed. Yeah. Um, but after that, it was very clear. I know we talked about this and I forget if we talked about it in person on the podcast or not. But when we saw Joe Para, part of the problem with seeing Joe Para, though I loved seeing Joe Para, I'm not this- saying. I think this came up on the podcast yes. just just an episode or two ago. Was the fact that the audience was so polite that most of his set was crowd work and nobody was expecting it. was expecting a lot of crowd that. work in his set. And yeah, the, the audience was slow to respond. And, and I think that if he had made it clearer that that's what he was doing, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have gone, I think people would have felt more comfortable. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I, and that's it, the only thing that makes me nervous about going to comedy shows. <laughs> I think Joe, I think Joe is at a disadvantage because there's a kind of Andy Kaufman esque thing to his persona on stage and on screen that I I think anyone savvy enough in the audience would be running through a a calculation if you will in their head (laughs) thinking like thinking like is is there a is there an alt comedy angle a a bit that he's doing that just the punchline hasn't been revealed yet that requires like asking a question to the audience but 
you know, there's something planned. Exactly. Yes. And I would just be stamping on whatever is planned by actually responding to the question. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you the performers who have done this the best in my yes. experience? The, and I'm, by best, I mean most clearly, but most elegantly. They, yes. They did it with the performance, not by, you know, calling out how it was mm -hmm. supposed to go. Seeing Game Grumps live. Oh, very good. Game Grumps Live have an opener, quote unquote. Uh -huh. Both times I've seen them, they've had someone on their staff come out on stage and explain, I'm going to play Super Mario Brothers World 1 Level 1, but I'm going to be blindfolded. <laughs> and all of you need to tell me when to jump. Uh-huh. I'm just going to run forward and jump when you say jump. Uh -huh. So you have to be coordinate. And so, and it's a game, but okay, you watch it happen in front of you and everyone in the audience has to be like as with as great timing as possible. Jump, <laughs> jump, you know, yeah. or, or even like stop. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that, and, and, and that's all they did. They didn't say, do this in the normal show. They didn't mm -hmm. say this is how it that's just it just set a precedent mm -hmm. for like this is a show that is going to have audience participation. However, it is not about any one of you, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, standing out from the crowd by yes. like getting a big laugh with your, you know, Funny heckle joke. or something yeah. like that. It's like, no, it's like. It's like the whole audience is a character in the show. Yes. And I and and it and it I think it applies brilliantly to what follows when you see the actual headlining performance. Yeah, that makes sense. So, that's my thought on comedy shows. Mhm. Mm <laughs> my last thing that I want to talk about in the 5 or so minutes we have <laughs> is concerts. Mm -hmm. And so just like to start with, I use, I am a person that liked to be in the very front row. Mm -hmm. I want to, if I'm there, I want to be, I want to fucking be there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I, especially at some of the venues where like you can't see them. So you're going to be looking at a screen anyway. I can do that at my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I've never had a good knee essentially. You know what uh -huh. I mean? I hurt my knee when I was 19. So I have mm -hmm. four almost half of my life now not had a good knee and definitely the part portion of my life that I've seen the most in-person very intense shows as opposed to like you know when I was at the LPYC and it was like 20 minutes 25 minute sets or whatever yep um and now it's to the point that I just even with my orthopedic inserts with my this and my that I just can't stand that long mm -hmm. um and so I have sort of adjusted, and, and I want to preface this slightly by saying, when I saw Me Without You for their final show, it wasn't their final, final show in Philadelphia, but it was their final show on that I saw them at for their tour of their last shows. Mm -hmm. We got to that venue, which is in Baltimore, and I stood basically in the front row, um, and I stood the whole time, and it was fine. It was fine for a few reasons. One was that it was, uh, like, winter if not late fall. And so it was not hot. 
And the second is because everybody was very efficient. So I was not standing for like hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really important to me. Um, like it was important to me as somebody who's been following this band for so long to be that close. Um, and to really be a part of the crowd where you get that sort of like, you're sort of moved in like an ocean, like you're in an mm-hmm. ocean of people and they're physically moving you, but it's not threatening. It's just like, you're all in this thing together. Yep. I, uh, have been to a couple concerts recently in the past like year that have sort of changed the way that I've been thinking about going to see concerts. And I'm in fact going to see a concert tonight, um, at what yeah. is probably my favorite venue in the area, which is Wolf Trap. Cool. Um, And these are the things that I want in a concert, and these are the things that I can control and the things that I can't. The first is that I'm always going to wear an outfit with a lot of pockets. What am Mm -hmm. I wearing right now, Will? You're you're wearing uh, overalls. I'm wearing my Duluth Training Company overalls that have a million pockets. This way I just don't have to worry about having a bag or them searching a bag or anything like that. Right. I, of course, am going to wear sneakers with arch support because otherwise I will die. (laughs) I am going to make sure that I'm already very hydrated. Mm -hmm. So what I will do is I will front load the water I'm drinking earlier in the day so that Mm -hmm. I don't have to pee as much during the concert, if at all. Right. But I am not also not going to pass out because I haven't had any water all day. Uh Uh-huh. I will take pre-concert ibuprofen. Okay. To prevent my limbs from swelling (laughs) from any Mm -hmm. standing that I'm doing. Okay. I also like to become friendly with my neighbors. Mm -hmm. So not like... I'm going to be talking to them a lot, but some sort of acknowledgement that like, hey, you and Mm -hmm. I are sharing pretty close space together. Right. Here's a little bit of information about me or why I'm here and maybe about you and why you're here or something like that so that we have a baseline level of understanding. And so that if something goes wrong where Mm -hmm. you're suddenly sick or I'm suddenly sick or something happens, I can vouch for you in this moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the things that I will do to make sure that my concert experience is good. Right. These are the things that I found that have made my concert experience good based on the venue. I um, want to sit down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm actually okay with standing, but mm-hmm. I don't want to have to stand the entire time. Yeah. When I saw Phoebe Bridgers the second time, no, granted, this so this was uh, this was during Pride of last year, and I um, was in the middle of having TMJ really bad, so it was not the world was not on my side for this concert. I got there at four o'clock to stand in line. the sh- The doors were at seven thirty or maybe seven. I was sitting there for hours, <laughs> and um, I had my I had been hydrated. I had my little crossword to do with me. Um, that was all fine. I'm not a person that's going to have a phone that I need an extra charger for because I'm not going to be like recording the entire time. Mm -hmm. So that was like not an issue for me. So I was just sitting there doing my thing or whatever. I got into this venue and it's the Anthem, a venue that I love that I've been to many times. I have general admission. I am standing as close as I can be standing, which was sort of in the middle, but like maybe halfway maybe not even halfway maybe like a third of the way back a little between a third and a halfway back Mm -hmm. it is packed this is a sold out show um it is so hot in there Mm. and every performance went on late Mm -hmm. so claude was the opener um there on phoebe's satisfactory records and they went on and i thought this is great because 
they're Claude playing guitar. They either had a second guitarist or a bassist. I can't remember. And somebody on a small drum kit. So I was like, this is great. Phoebe, I can tell that Phoebe's setup is already almost there. Um, because there's a certain amount of breaking down that has to be, and setting up that has to happen between bands. But this was a situation where Claude was playing sort of closer to the front. I could tell that, like, Marshall's drums were already there, et cetera, et cetera. It took 45 minutes to an hour for Phoebe to come on. Mm -hmm. And that extra time standing there in this intense heat. Yeah. Where I was, I was, like, drenched. I felt cold. Like, I was like, that's the kind of sick I was. I wasn't, and I, I was, again, I was not, um, I was wearing a mask, too. Mm-hmm. Um, cause of when it was, and, um, it was like very intense and, um, I left after six songs. I had to leave and I yeah. was furious about it, but I also was not going to black out at this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason the make or break moment there was the extra 15 to 25 minutes that it took for Phoebe to come on that absolutely did not need to happen. And yeah. I don't know what the hell was going on. But, like, that same summer, a couple months later, I saw the Wild Hearts tour at Wolf Trap. Wolf Trap is an outdoor venue. So we were outside. There was a breeze. I know that they can't always control if there's a breeze or not. But there was Mm -hmm. a breeze. It was very open air. We were very much in the hot sun, but only for the beginning part. And um, that tour was this opener whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head, but I loved them. They had won the NPR Tiny Desk concert, so I knew them. And, um, they, they're trans. And so I was like, or maybe he's trans. I, I can't remember. Um, but I was like thrilled that the first person, Elliot, cause Elliot was with us, was singing in concert, was trans. And then it was Julian Baker, Angel Olsen, Sharon Von Etten. And they were playing tight sets. And so it was so tight. It was so fast. And I was like, there's no reason that should have taken that long. And it is especially actually offensive that it took that long because there were some people who had been sitting in that line for eight hours at that point. Mm-hmm. And she played a second show at the Anthem. And for that show, I saw online that people had started lining up to be in the front for that show at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, not the life I'm going to live now. But, like, you have to be respectful of the people that have been sitting there for a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, that's part of it of the venue is just like making sure that you actually have um like the ability to shift between the bands quickly to respect the people that are coming to the show especially when this has become now a marathon mm-hmm. um but the other thing but 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 really when i go to a concert if i can sit that's what i'd prefer i'd prefer yeah. to sit right my body just can't do it anymore it sucks yeah mm-hmm. when i saw loveless Um, which as I discussed at length in that last episode was a very weird show. Yeah. (laughs) I sat, um, for the opener in the section I paid extra money to sit in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I stood for the duration of the set because the problem with this is not standing for the set itself. It's having to stand for the entirety of the time that you're there. Yes. And, um, I just... I understand that in some venues that's not possible in the same ways, especially for shows that are sold out. But like that's if, if a show's at a place where I can sit, yeah, I'm way more likely to go to that show. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, if a show is at a place, if a show has really, really good ventilation, obviously there's like COVID concerns here too. But yeah. like in general, the difference between having a breeze and not having a breeze if it's hot mm-hmm. is a million percent. Right, right. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I guess the only other thing um, I would want to say, two uh, the only other two things, is that kids wear earplugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have tinnitus. Yeah. Because I went to shows for two years at the Lower Paxton Youth Center and didn't wear earplugs. Yep. So I always bring earplugs. Um, and I don't always wear them depending on the venue. So when I saw, um, when I saw the reset tour and saw Boy Genius, um, I wore earplugs for the first three acts and then I didn't for Boy Genius. And did I, did I blow out my ears a little bit? I did. Um, but I was also in a place where it's not like I was right in front of a speaker or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but by the same token, when I saw the early November at the auto bar in, um, Baltimore, which is a very small venue, I had my earplugs in and I took them out for the last like minute and a half of their last song, Mm -hmm. um, just to sort of, you know, hear it true or something. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) How is anybody listening to this without earplugs right now? Right. Um, just cause it was so loud cause it was a small venue, but they had these huge speakers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess the only other thing I would say is I really, really like when, if, so with Boy Genius, it was a little bit different because they had a very specific set list that I knew they were following. And because of the internet, I knew what it was going to be. I feel like yep. this must be similar for people seeing Taylor Swift too. Um, or, yeah, or, or indeed people checking restaurant menus before they go to the restaurant. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do like it when they tell you, we have two songs left. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes, especially when you're in that sort of warm marathon um, environment where you do want to be really close or, you know, you're in a make or break situation, mm-hmm. knowing exactly how much time is left, having like yeah. a really decisive ending um, might be the difference between somebody being able to hold out and not being able to hold out, if that makes sense. You know what this makes me think of? Hmm. A uh, a joke that I learned from Gary Fink. Oh yeah, which you should know too, especially uh-huh. as a poet. Uh-huh. Maybe you remember it. Uh, the uh, you know doing a doing a poetry reading and and at at a certain point saying, "I'm just going to read two more poems. They're called the Iliad and the Odyssey." <laughs> good joke it's a good joke joke. like it yeah and that's that's my thought is you know Mm -hmm. about all of these things i feel like uh you know we can't ask not everything is for every person all of the time Uh uh-huh um but i do think that there are things that i'm going that i can do to make my experience better and also things that um i'm gonna look for and so if people want me to keep you know if the art house wants you to keep being a member there, something mm-hmm. that you believe in but are a little bit reticent about right now. Yeah. Eh, maybe make some quality of life adjustments. <laughs> yeah, I think um, uh, just on the topic of going to a concert, the only part of it that I really have my own thought on is sitting or standing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I have anything particularly interesting to add because truthfully, I'm, I'm of two minds about it and I kind of can't make up my mind. Because on the one hand, in theory, I would always rather sit than stand. Mm -hmm. But also on the other hand, I have to acknowledge that like all the best shows that I've been to have been standing room only. Mm -hmm. And 
I think just the visual of like sitting down for a, a live musical performance is it's just not the right vibe. To yeah, we're me. not at the symphony. I see. I agree with exactly. you. Exactly. I. It's not that I want to be able to sit for the whole thing. No, I know. I yeah, and you made that clear. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. But I think too the shows that the best shows that I've been to where I was standing had those other things going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Like quick turnaround times for the set changing and airflow so it wasn't like mm-hmm. free it wasn't like blazingly because it can get hot so fast like it doesn't oh, yeah. matter what time of the year it is mm-hmm. i also remember outside of that phoebe bridgers concert seeing all of these girls in sweaters and i was like <laughs> you sweet summer children it is june why the fuck are you wearing a sweater mm-hmm. i understand that it's got a skeleton on it <laughs> but yeah. we are about to go into a sold out show <laughs> yeah but yeah, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, it's just man, and I, and I get it too in terms of like, well, if you want to, if you want to be the front, you got to get there early. But it's just like I can't run that rat race anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. My body will break. Yeah. What is the best concert? I mean, this is maybe a good thing to add on. What's the best concert you've been to? Do you think maybe not the best like best performance, but like the one that was like. If you could do it, like the one that was like most meaningful to you and like well done and all that. This is this is sort of recency bias, but it's not that recent anymore. It's it's because I think it was 2019. I think it was the last mm-hmm. live show that I'd been to. Um, COVID having uh, removed that possibility for so long. Um, but we saw Radical Face, um, which is one of our uh, favorite performers at, at a venue here called 191 tool which is mm-hmm. sort of my preferred place to see shows it, it we we've seen comedy there in fact we saw river butcher there and when we were there for comedy they have seats but the uh, seats yes. are yeah, yeah. removable mm-hmm. and it is normal to see music there and for it to be standing room only but it's pretty small mm-hmm. and we saw mountain goats there which was nice. great um, trying to think of, I'm sure those are not the only times I've been in that particular venue, but those are the times that are springing to mind. But yeah, the Radical Face show was really special. Um, just felt really intimate. And he, he was just a really interesting person to listen to talk about his music. Um, a lot of times the disappointment of a live show for me can be well though they talked a little bit in between songs but it wasn't funny or interesting yeah yeah (laughs) um radical face was like equal parts like oh love to hear these songs and uh what a what an interesting guy you know yeah the the uh seeing ninja sex party live was great because it was equal parts very funny and also what you get from a good live music show yeah and twerp open for them and that was like equally fun and funny i know um i just gushed about boy genius and i will say the boy that whole night was lovely especially because i got to be there with kenny um the boy genius set was maybe just that set was maybe the best concert i've ever been to because it was so tight because it was so meaningful for me to see them and also because um we were in as i described earlier that very specific place where essentially every single person knew every single word mm-hmm. um which i've never experienced before 
Right. Um, and don't think I ever will again, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, the second show I would say, um, was when I saw Me Without You play A to B Life on their A to B Life tour. That, um, album was their first full length. It's a lot more hardcore than the other ones. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, as I may have described to you previously, and I apologize, um, we did not think we were going to go because that was when Kenny's dad was in a coma. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being, and I was like, we don't have a babysitter. It was on like a Tuesday night. Um, it was on the Tuesday night before Thanksgiving. We knew that they were taking him off of life support on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, which, <laughs> which when I told that to my coworker, she went, can't they do it another day? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, she was like, can't they wait until Saturday or something? And I said, well, Saturday's Kenny's birthday. And she just went, <laughs> <laughs> she just went, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny because I had already come to terms with what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was very funny to see her sort of go through this sort of emotional roller coaster that mm-hmm. I had already gone through. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but that that show... Kenny, Kenny, last minute was like, no, we're going to fucking go to the show. He got us a babysitter last minute. We drove to Baltimore. And um, that album specifically has a song called, uh, has a song in it that has the line um, where Aaron Weiss, who's famously sort of like sing, speak, yells. Mm -hmm. um, In this album, he yells a lot. Um, He says, uh, it'll be all right. And then he screams, you're lying, Mm -hmm. but I don't mind tonight. And being able to, like, scream that particular line in the midst of this, like, absolute hellscape. Right. um, Was one of the most, I think, meaningful moments I've had at a concert. And that whole, that whole show, too. But, um, Mm -hmm. like, everything on that album was, like, I was listening to that album in heavy rotation. I was specifically listening to that album because I couldn't listen to Brand New. Yeah. Uh As we have discussed in a former episode, the Brand New shit had just happened. Like, literally two weeks before. Right. Um. So yeah, funny, that those are my two. Funny connection between your last example and one last example that I want to give because it sprang to mind mm-hmm. while you were talking. Um, I, I and I'll be brief. I know I've talked about this before, but I have to mention when I saw the Pixies, uh, mm-hmm. because it's like probably the only thing in my life that I've done that seems like remotely cool or interesting. Because I went to see pixies live in new york it was freshman year of college for me and Mm -hmm. the show started it was a wednesday night the show started at 1 a.m so technically it was (laughs) thursday morning yeah and the thursday that it was the reason i was in new york and not in pennsylvania for school it was thanksgiving day (laughs) oh my god that's so funny will Uh that's so funny yeah, and they did three encores. And you might be wondering why would somebody do that? And it's because until the third encore, they had not played Where Is My Mind. Oh my God, that so they were doing a bit. Yeah, they were doing a bit. And there was, there was a pretty good reason for it because it was the 20th anniversary of Doolittle. Yeah. And so like the main set was just Doolittle front to back. Which is um, the song that I knew the song I knew best of all was Debaser yep. for a very mm-hmm. long time before I saw mm-hmm. Fight Club. Yep. Awesome, awesome show. And they did Debaser and then they did two encores. And after the second encore, the lights went up and people <laughs> started to go to leave. 
And we were all saying to each other, that was great, but they didn't play Where's My Mind. And then, and everybody just rushed from the back of the room back to the front. And it was like, yeah. That's amazing. Uh-huh. The one, the one other tiny little note about that A to B Life show that really like gave me joy in a moment of, again, Hellscape was for that show, you could, when you bought your tickets, you could also order a vinyl copy of the record. Mm-hmm. And so I had done that. And so I went to the back at the end to pick up my vinyl copy of the record because I was clearly not going to carry it the whole time. Yeah. And uh, I said, I, I pre-ordered the record with my ticket. And he was like, oh, what's your name? And I said, Elizabeth Deanna Morris Lakes. And he said, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, what? And he, I forget exactly what he said, but he essentially, he indicated that he had been seeing my name on this list for weeks at this point. Uh-huh. And it was so long yes. that every time he looked at it, even though he was looking for everybody else's name, he saw my name first right. every single time. So he mm-hmm. was like waiting for me. Yep. yep. <laughs> and it was so sweet and so funny. And I loved that I got to be part of this guy's life mm-hmm. in, in a little bit for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> That's good. That's a great note to end on. And um, yeah, and thank you for a fun topic to discuss. Yeah, I'm glad I picked a good one. I thought I could get you to talk, and I'm glad I did. Not that you're <laughs> yeah. normally quiet, you know what yeah. I mean, but... <laughs> well, I, I apologize if I talked a bit no, too no, much no. in the middle. No, 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 you talked great. <laughs> well, right back at you. <laughs> Love you, Will. Talk to you soon. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at youngest of one, and his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram, at exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram.